Good morning, Hedgesville Church. If you're watching this, it probably means that uh, it snowed a little too much to have a church this morning, and so we didn't want to leave you hanging, so uh, we went ahead and prepared something. And uh, this is week two of our dream series, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Hey, I just want to let you know that uh, yesterday we, um, we got to add on uh, in the sanctuary a little bit, in the new sanctuary with a brand new stage and uh, got that wrapped up. I just want to thank everyone that showed up to help and pull that off. Um, so much happens uh, every week uh, when, uh, when people show up and volunteer, so we're thankful for that. And looking forward to uh, what will continue to happen. I think uh, we're on track and uh, excited about it. We are going to uh, keep talking about this and hopefully you're going to uh, be digging into God's Word uh, even after our little bit of time together this morning. Um, I do want to make a comment. Starting in February, uh, we're launching Connect Groups, and we are so excited about that. Jessica Cody has done a wonderful job putting all those together, and I think there's 11 Connect Groups that are starting in February. So we're all going to be church-wide looking at the 40 days in prayer. And I'll be preaching on it. We'll be studying it in our connect groups. And uh, just really, uh, I'm excited about uh, walking through that. It's going to lead us right into uh, going into our new building. And so uh, I'm thankful for the timing and looking forward to that. We're also going to be fasting and praying together uh, during those times. So uh, be on the lookout for that. You can sign up for connect groups right now, I believe, uh, at hedgesville.church. Click on the group link. And you'll be able to sign up right there. So, um, uh, so all the everybody's pictures is on there. It's just uh, it's a really great setup. So you can do that. Or the next time we're at church together, you can sign up in person, uh, and that's another way you can do it. So, however you choose to sign up, uh, make sure you're part of a connect group. It's an important uh, important way we're growing here at Hedgesville Church. Also, you can still give online Hedgesville.Church on your phone app, or you can go. Uh, and you can actually text it from your house to 84321. So um, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness and just say we're going we're gonna to knuckle down this home stretch between now and April and really see um, what God can do through us as far as the building is concerned. So I challenge you to, uh, to give in this season and to uh, sacrificially give and, and see how God will bless you through that. So. Hey, let's get this kicked off. I want to read to you some scripture. Um, If we were together, I'd say stand, but you can just sit. It'll be fine. So we're going to go back to Genesis in chapter 37. We're talking about Joseph and we're talking about dreams. And we know from last week that Joseph had two dreams when he's a young guy, 17 years old, and he's had two dreams. And those dreams are symbolizing his family bowing down to him, him leading and, uh, and we talked last week maybe how Joseph might not have conveyed that great in a great way. And so, um, and so it caused him some angst, family dynamics caused some trouble. Uh, his dad showing him more favoritism, even as a younger son, uh, showing him more favoritism than the uh, apparent heirs uh, by giving him an ornate uh, robe. All these things added up to uh, basically a catastrophe. And we talked about how when, you're, when you have a dream, when God gives you a dream and you're young, 
that it's important to protect it. It's important not to just run out and tell everybody. I mean, when you're, when you're 17 years old and God gives you a dream like that, there's no way you can understand it and all the ramifications are gonna take place. So it's important to protect it. It's important to, to tell it to people who can, who can uh, counsel you and give you good advice, not spread it all over the place. We, we talked about how we, can, um, how we can protect ourselves by controlling our thumbs sometimes on social media and also controlling our tongue, Proverbs says and James says so well. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 37. We'll start in verse 19. I'm not gonna read the whole Joseph story, but I'm going to read some, I'm going to pick some verses out of, out of what happens after he has the dream, after his brothers uh, are plotting against him. So verse 19, it says, here comes that dreamer. This is his brothers talking. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. And then we'll see what comes of his dreams. And when Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Why shed any blood? Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness. But don't lay a hand on him. And Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty and there was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. And Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he's our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Now we're going to go to chapter 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. And then if you go to verse 13 of chapter 39, it says, this is starting to explain how Potiphar's wife took a liking to Joseph. We know in between there that Joseph had, Potiphar had picked him to run his whole household and anything that he put Joseph in charge of, he never even had to worry about. All he had to worry about was eating. And so now we get down to verse 13, Potiphar's wife started to like Joseph, wanted to take it farther. Joseph being a godly man refused. And here we go. Verse 13, when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came here to sleep with me, but I screamed, which was not true. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until the, his master came home. Then she told him this story. And the, the Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. So we see Joseph is, is thrown in the pit, then he's sold into slavery, and then 
And then when he's sold, he's even sold again to Potiphar. He's in Potiphar's house, and now Potiphar's wife lies about him, and now he's in the prison. And then if we fast forward to chapter 40, verse 23, he's in prison. He's doing the best he can do in prison. He's been promoted, all these things in prison. And he interprets two dreams uh, for two guys, two cellmates of his in prison. And then we get all the way to chapter 40, verse 23. It says, the chief cupbearer, cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So we go from a 17-year-old kid having two dreams that were given to him by God. We encouraged you last week, if you're young, pray and ask God to give you a dream. Ask him to put something in you. Uh, Paul said, even in his old age, that he would, he constantly reached towards uh, Christ to, to, to work out what, why Christ grabbed hold of him why he took hold of him. And so we encourage you last week, if you're young, man, keep pressing in, keep, keep praying and asking God, man, why did you save me? What, what's the purpose? Give me a dream. So he does that for Joseph. But the irony is after his dream, it seems like the dream only causes him trouble. He gets sold into slavery. He gets sold to Potiphar. Potiphar's wife lies about him and now he's in the prison. He's in the prison and now, and now people that he's helped out in prison are now forgetting about him. And so we see that this thing drags on and drags on and drags on. And it's actually 20, scholars think 22 to 23 years before, jo- before the fulfillment of this dream actually takes place. So from 17 years old, 22 years later, it takes for the dream to be fulfilled. So I'm actually here in our old sanctuary. Uh, we had our last service here. Um, probably about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. And as you can tell, it doesn't look anything like it did the last time we met here. Uh, we ripped all the carpet up. The ceiling's been ripped down. We, we had to remediate the ceiling and, and we put other walls up and we've, we've um, pulled the paneling off the walls and we pulled drywall off and we've done all these kind of things. And it was a lot of hard, dirty work just to get to this point. And at this point in time, it's ugly. No, nobody would want to meet in here. Uh, lights are hanging out of the ceiling. It's cold. Uh, it's just not a hospitable, hospitable place. And it made me think about um, uh, the home improvement TV shows we watch. So in, in 45 minutes, really, if you count commercials, I can watch a TV show where somebody walks into a house and the house is ugly. And in 45 minutes, they can transform it into the house of your dreams. And we watch these over and over and over again. And we think, oh, look how easy that is. That guy just did this and he just did that and he just did this. Well, thankful for modern day technology, which we're using right now to stream this to you. It is really easy to take something that is really actually very hard and make it look really simple. You could take something that takes years and years and years to do and compress it down in a short amount of time. And all of a sudden it looks like they did it overnight something that could take months to complete a remodel of a house or a room and they can compress it to the point where we watch it on TV and we think, well, it's so easy to do. It's so easy. And if you're like me, uh, you don't, um, you don't deliberate very often. So what you do is you run in your house after you watch the video and you start ripping things up. 
You start tearing things out. You start, oh, this is the dream. We're going we're gonna to fulfill the dream of having a new, a new kitchen. We're going to fulfill the dream of having a new living room. And, and actually, we're, we're in that phase right now. Half of, our, half of our kitchen floor is ripped up, and it's just regular plywood. And guess what? It's going to take longer than we anticipated. It's going to be more work than we anticipated. It's going to be dirtier than we anticipated. There's dust everywhere right now in our house. And so what we find out is we have a dream, and then there's the process of seeing the dream come to pass. 22 years it took for Joseph to make that happen. God had to work things out through Joseph in order to make him who he needed him to be to fulfill the dream. So watch this. If you, if you look at Joseph's life, you see he's being favored, 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 favored. He's, he's getting an ornate robe. That, it, that, it, that his brothers are envious of him over. He's getting the affection of his father. He, he's, he's, his father's basically saying Joseph's going to be the heir. He's going to be, I'm treating him like the firstborn. It's just favor after favor. He's the golden child. He's having the dreams. He's the one that's, that's being looked out like I'm going to rule everybody. Then what you find out after that is the difficulty of becoming the man that can pull that off. It's the difficulty of, of fulfilling the dream. And I told you last week I was going to talk to three different generations. We, we have the um, privilege of having a church that is multi-generational. We have, we have uh, really little kids uh, that are being ministered to every week. We have teenagers. We have college students. And we have middle-aged people like me. And we also have uh, people old enough to be my parents and older. And so we have, we have this broad range of age groups. And, and I talked to uh, the younger generation last, year, last week about, about dreaming God dreams and about protecting those. But I want to talk to people my age this week. You're, between, you're in your late 30s, up to mid 40s, 50s. You're in that middle age range where you've got kids, you got a job, you got a career, you're trying to figure it out, you got a car payment, you got a mortgage, you're trying to figure out retirement, you're trying to, you're trying to work overtime, you're trying, to, you're trying to make sure that not only are the kids fed, but they got phones and you got vacations and you, and you got all the stuff that goes along with being a family. And you remember the dream from your youth, you remember something that God might have put in, it, put in you, but now at 40 years old, it doesn't seem like it's working out. Now at, now at 35 years old, you're trying to figure out, well, I'm so far away from where I started, it doesn't even make sense. I'm so far from that original thing that I thought God put in me that it, that it, that'll, that it doesn't seem like it'll ever happen. And so imagine being in Joseph's shoes. Imagine sitting in prison and people forgetting about you. Imagine being in Potiphar's house and being lied about. Imagine... Imagine, go all the way back and imagine having a, having a robe that nobody else in your family had only to be thrown in the pit over it, only to be sold uh, into slavery over it. And so he goes from this super high, I'm the guy, man, everybody, my dad thinks I'm the one and it looks inevitable and I'm getting all the attention and this looks like it's in the bag to having to suffer 22 years to see that dream fulfilled. And so I want to encourage you today that if you're in the middle, which that's where I am, I'm in the middle. We're, we're, if you're in your 30s and 40s, you're in the middle. Congratulations. You got about as much life behind you as you probably have in front of you. And so you're in the middle. 
So we look back and we say, man, I was dreaming about a marriage like this. I was dreaming about kids like this. I was, I was dreaming about a job like this. I was dreaming that this is what would happen with my life. And, and, and it seemed like it, was, like it was so possible when I was 20. And it seemed like it was just around the corner. And it seemed like if I did this and I did that, it would all make sense. And then something happened, whether it was your fault or not. Maybe, maybe you had nothing to do with it, but something happened. Maybe it was your fault. Something happened. And, and, a, and a turn and a shift happened in your life. I, can, I bet you if you talk to Joseph, he would say, yeah, yeah, getting, getting sold into slavery that day was definitely a turn of events. It, it was definitely not how I imagined things happening. Yeah, that was, that was not in the plan. That, when I was having the dreams, that's not what I was thinking about. But nonetheless, it happened. And so he, he sold into slavery. He ends up at Potiphar's house. The whole trip is not what he expected. You can imagine being in prison and, and talking to the, the cupbearer and the, and the cake maker and, and saying, hey, I'm, I can interpret your dreams. I can tell you what's going to happen. And he does it accurately. And he says, hey, if you get out of here, remember me only to be forgotten about all the way. He, he's now sitting with people who, have, who are going to have access to the king. And he says, please, when you get out of here, remember me. Man, cupbearer, when you get out of here, remember me. I'm the guy. Remember, I'm the guy that interpreted your dream. Only be forgotten about. So, so you see 22 years of what most people would look at as not being successful, not being recognized, not having things go your way. Pain and suffering. That's the way we would describe that. 22 years of not living the dream. 22 years. I know, I know that's, uh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm living the dream, man. Joseph would have never said that. He would have never said, oh, I'm just living the dream, sitting here in prison by myself. Everybody forgot about me, living the dream. But actually, the truth of the matter was, it wasn't, it wasn't useless suffering that he was walking through. It was all preparatory activity that God was bringing him through to make him who he needed to be. And today we need to remember that. We're in a world of instant gratification. We can, we can believe everything can happen overnight. We can, we can believe that, hey, uh, I don't have to wait for anything. I can Google it right now. I can order it right now. I can have it right now. If I want the dream, I can buy it right now. If I want all these things to happen, I can make it happen right now. We are in a society of instant gratification and we all get sucked into it at some level. And we think, man, this is not turning out the way I want it to. I can just change it. But there's some things that God tries to develop in us that take time. They just take time. There's no way around it. The 17-year-old can never lead like the 60-year-old. It can't happen. And so, so through those years, through those middle-aged years, he develops us and develops us and develops us. But it's very important how we look at the development process. If we look into the development process as God's punishing us or God's just out to get us or or this is or I never have any good luck, then we'll miss all the opportunities that he puts in front of us through along the way. And so what you find out is when you read Joseph's story carefully is, yes, all those bad things did happen to him. His brothers did throw him in the pit. They did sell him into slavery. He was sold to Potiphar. His Potiphar's wife did lie to, about him. He was put in prison. Uh, the cupbearer did forget about him. All those things happened. But in the middle of all those things, you have to remember that he also became, he also ran Potiphar's house. He was also the top slave in Potiphar's house. Potiphar didn't, didn't touch 
or worry about anything that Joseph had control over. You also have to remember is when he got into the prison, he was promoted to run, run the prison. He, he was the guy in control of everything in the prison. So yes, was he in prison? Yeah. But he was also being developed in prison and he was leading people in prison. So then ultimately after 22, 23 years, when he gets on the stage that God set in place for him, when his brothers come to him, he's become the person that could fulfill the dream. He's become the person uh, that dreamed that so many years ago at 17 years old. After all that time, he's now the person that can handle the fulfillment of the dream. And his brothers are in front of him doing exactly what the dream said. But that would have never happened without the middle age. It would have never happened without the middle period of time where Joseph was going through trials, where his faith was tested, where his dedication was tested, where his commitment to God was tested. And I don't know about you, but there's probably nothing else more testing than having having, uh, your boss's wife chase you down. (laughs) That was a pretty huge test. So So he's passing all the suffering test all along the way. And we know that Paul talks about suffering in a good light, not in a negative light. He says suffering produces good things in our life. Suffering produces perseverance and character and all these things. And so what you see is through those middle years where it looks like that dream is so far away from Joseph that, that he probably forgot about it. It'll never come to pass now. What God was producing in him was the character to lead. What he was producing in him was a perseverance to, to, to make it through a whole famine. Seven years of famine, as a matter of fact, what it would be. God was producing in him the things that it would take to make the dream come true. So I want to challenge you this morning. Maybe you're 39 years old. Maybe you're 40 years old. Maybe you're 50. And you're in that middle part of life where you had a dream when you were young. And, and now you think, well, there's no way. There's no way that dream's going to come true. It's not, it's not, um, it's just not physically possible anymore. It just can't happen. I'll never have enough money or I'll never have this or I'll never have that or I'll never have any of these things or, or God could never use me now because this happened. Could you imagine um, Joseph walking into your, uh, into your workplace and saying, hey, could I get an application? I'd like to apply for a uh, uh, CEO. Could you give us your credentials? Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, um, I told my dad and, and relatives that I, I was going to rule everybody. And then they sold me into slavery. And um, I, I was working at a guy's house. And listen, it wasn't my fault. The wife came on to me and I, I told her, no, you're going to believe that, right? I told her no. And so then they threw me into prison. I wasn't guilty. I wasn't guilty. I heard a guy say one time, nobody in prison is guilty. And so he's, no, I wasn't guilty. I wasn't, did, how long were you in prison? Well, I'd rather not talk about that. I was in prison uh, for, it was, it was several years I was in prison, but it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And so how'd you get out of prison? Well, I interpreted a dream. Oh, really? You're a dream, you're, you're a dream catcher now. Is that what's going on? Could you imagine his resume didn't equal the dream? And so if you're in a place right now where you're 40 years old and, and what's behind you doesn't equal what it seems like God wants you to accomplish in front of you, calm down a little bit. Calm down and realize, realize that when God put the dream in you at 16, 17, 20, 25 years old, that he knew what type of person he would have to develop to fulfill the dream at 50, 60, 70 years old. He knew what he would have to put in you to do that. So back here, 
all the stuff that happens, your fault, not your fault, whatever it is, the Bible, Romans 8.28 says he can use all those things together for good. He can use everything that's happened to you. You say, man, this happened to me. It was my fault. I did it. That's fine. He can use that when you turn it over to him. He can use that to fulfill that dream he put in you way back then. And so, so we need to turn around. Yes, look at the past and say, yeah, that was, man, that was pretty messed up. I remember being at Potiphar's house and having all that. That was a messed up time in my life. But you know what? It produced things in me that make me who I am today. Man, that time in the prison where I was all by myself, that was, that was a terrible time. But it produced the leader I am today. And so, so what we do is we don't regret the past. We don't regret being sold into slavery. We don't re regret Potiphar's house. We, don't re we realize that it was all part of God weaving the things in us that we need to have in order to be the person he needs us to be. And so I want to encourage you today that whatever has happened, God can use it. Whatever, whatever has happened, God will use. Whatever has happened, he's using to strengthen you and to give you wisdom and to give you, uh, to give you faith to be able to trust him more. And so now, are you the person you were at 17? No, but that's a good thing. Are you the person you were at 25? No, but that's a great thing because he's maturing you through the process. He's maturing you through the suffering process. He's maturing you through the difficulty process. He's maturing you right in the middle of you going, man, this will never happen. This will never happen. So I want you to change your mentality. I want you to start saying this. I don't want you to say anymore, man, this, this is never going to happen. Man, that thing I thought about when I was 25 is never going to happen. I don't want you to think like that anymore. I want you to think like this. Whatever is happening right now in my life, I believe that God is using it to make whatever that was happen. I believe that now he is using my position, whatever it is, he's using where I am right now to turn me into the person I need to be to do all that he's called me to do. I can remember, I've told this story before. I can remember uh, when I first started working this church, I got hired, I was making $10 an hour. And uh, I had a wife and we had, I have the same wife I have now. <laughs> Beth and I had been married a couple years. We had our first daughter, Madeline. She was pregnant with our second daughter, Emma. And uh, I was making $10 an hour. And uh, even back then, that was not, not a lot of money. We were renting. Uh, and uh, I remember coming home uh, and telling her one day, I don't, I don't know what happened. I was all down for some reason. And, um, and I told her, I said, you know what? We'll never own a house. No way. No way, not on, not, on what I, not on the money I make. It's just an impossibility. Don't get your hopes up. Don't do this. Don't do that. But that's so far from the truth now, it's not even funny. That's way far from the truth. We live in a wonderful house. I've bought and sold houses. And, and to think that I could even think that back then seems crazy to me now. So what I didn't realize then was, is that is that my circumstance in the moment didn't dictate what God could do with me in the future. And so if you're in a circumstance right now where, where you're feeling like Joseph was in the middle, if you're in that circumstance right now, I challenge you right now to look up and say, God, I still believe it's possible. God, I still believe it's possible. Even, even, even in my financial circumstance, I still believe it's possible. Even in my marriage circumstance, I still believe it's possible. If you had a dream about what type of marriage you were going to have at one point in time, and now you're, now you're halfway into it, now, you're, now you've been married 10, 15, 20 years, and it's not turning out the way you thought it 
what's going to turn out. This is a, this is a great time to look up to God and say, hey, I believe you're creating in me the person I need to be to be the best husband, the best wife, and this can be a better marriage. This is not the end of the story. Joseph's slavery days are not the end of the story. His prison days are not the end of the story. And if you're in a valley at, in, in your marriage, it's not the end of the story. It doesn't have to be. If you're in a valley in a relationship with your kids, it doesn't have to be the end of the story. You just have to trust that God is turning into the husband, the father, the wife, the mother that he's called you to be, that, that you were dreaming about back then. And he has, the, he, has the, he has the ability to turn you into that if we submit to him. And the beautiful thing about Joseph, even though in those middle years, his life was going like this. Hey, I'm running the prison. They forgot about me. I'm running Potiphar's house. I was lied about. Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Even if your life looks like that right now, trust him. Try, even if you're down as low as you think you could go, trust him. Uh, that he can bring you up. And that dream that he gave you back when you were young could still be fulfilled. It, and it can be fulfilled in a way that you could never dream or imagine. God is doing that in our lives on a daily basis. And I want to challenge you to extend your faith this morning and trust that. If you're in the middle age of life and it's not quite what you thought it would be, trust that he is getting it there. Trust that he is making the dream come true in his time and his way. And when you get to the end of it like Joseph did, we'll talk about that next week, actually in two weeks. When you get to the end of it like Joseph did, there is, you'll, you'll turn around and say, there's no way this could have happened but God. And that was Joseph's response. And so I want to challenge you this morning to think like that. I want to challenge you to live like that. I want to challenge you to, to encourage others to do that same thing. That, that even in the ups and downs, God is preparing you and producing new things to make that dream come true. So let me pray with you this morning and um, just encourage you, hang in there, trust him, and, uh, and keep doing what he's called you to do in the middle. Father, we thank you today. God, you're so good to us. And uh, even in the middle, Lord, Lord, we can see your hand at work in those little things. And we just ask you today to give us uh, encouragement. We ask you to put faith in us, to trust you. We ask you, Lord, to help us trust you through these middle things to help us trust you through the uncertain times. And like, like the psalmist wrote, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Lord, help us. There's times where we're not sure about that, Lord. We, we, need, we need you to help our unbelief. And we pray today that, uh, that we would hold on to that dream you put in us. Lord, you did it for a reason. And even though it looks like it can never uh, come true, Lord. What seems impossible with us is never impossible with you. And if you put it, in a, put it in us, you did it for a reason. So we ask you, God, to give us the faith to believe even when we can't see it. And Lord, we thank you for the results. Uh, even before they come, we trust you with them. And we're excited about you working them out in our lives. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, listen, it's been great being with you this morning. Uh, don't miss next week. Uh, I'm praying it'll be 78 and sunny next week. And so uh, we'll see you right down the street there at Tomahawk Intermediate School. We're going to have uh, a great Sunday. We're going to have some guests, some some great people in, and uh, and they've got a, a good, good thing to share with you. We're excited about it. So make sure you're here next Sunday, 9 and 11 o'clock, Tomahawk Intermediate. Uh, I'll see you there.